Hi, we're the Rices. We've been married for 12 years. We have six kids from the ages of nine to zero, and we're full of passion to raise a household that serves and honors the Lord. And we want to encourage others to do the same. Races podcast. We are at season two now, episode one. And what we're talking about today, you have heard a theme of this probably through our season one, but it's the all encompassing nature of your beliefs. We've used this world word called worldview a lot, and we just wanted to dive into like what does that actually even mean? Yeah, so much like your family vision, but this is even one step deeper one step further to the core of the way you view the world and what you profess to be true. And if you believe it and you profess it to be true, that thing, whatever it is, has an effect on every part of your life. So this really is your worldview at the core. And our conviction is that what you believe has to affect everything. It has to be central to everything else. Every action you take, every thought that you have, every opinion you have, those things stem from the way that you view the world. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because, funny and fun, I guess, right? That when you have figured out or when you have established your worldview, those things affect literally everything. Not just the big decisions, but the small ones too. Yeah, one of the things that I always say that I started saying probably in 2020 was that your action and decisions in small things today will determine how you respond to big decisions later on tomorrow. That's just another way to say what you believe, what the belief is that drives your decision today will likely be the same belief that drives a bigger decision somewhere down the road. Yeah, and like we've seen, you can tell a lot about people's beliefs, about their worldview, about their foundation when you see them making decisions. Yeah, so you make one small decision that seems innocent at the moment, but it you're making that decision out of a fear of man. Mm-hmm. Then... When a larger, more confrontational decision shows up in your future, you might have said in the past, oh, of course I would fear God rather than man. But since you made that little decision before, it kind of exposed your real fear. And so then when the bigger decision comes in the future, who are you likely going to fear? What are you likely going to do? You're likely going to carry forward that same worldview. And so what I would encourage you to do is to apply your worldview, practice applying your worldview to small decisions now, because we don't know what the future holds. And I don't want to say that it holds negative things in the future, but we know that the world is full of sin. The world is full of sinful man. And so there will be difficult decisions. Like the Bible says to expect persecution. Yeah. 
So there will be difficult decisions that will arise in your future. And if you're not practicing and preparing, making biblical worldview decisions now, then your decision-making will not be prepared to make biblical worldview decisions when the pressure is on. Yeah, I had an amazing basketball coach in high school that always would encourage us every practice. He would say, Mm. practice how you play because you're going to play how you practiced. And that is so true in so many elements of life, including this one. With When you are faced with decisions in the practice time, right? right? In mm-hmm. the ones that don't have such maybe a big impact um, in like the right now. But when you make those decisions, what you are actually doing in actuality is practicing for the big ones. Right. So your beliefs should be reflected in all of your decisions and in all the way that you view the world, the way that you take in the world, the way that you think about the world, the way you teach your children about the world. (laughs) Right. So when we talk about our character traits that we want to be developing and exhibiting, one of the first character traits is discernment, right? Learning to look past the face value of what you're told about a decision that you're confronted with, right? I'm not saying to overthink everything, (laughs) but don't just base your decisions off what you're told your options are or what you're told or implied what the right decision or the moral decision would be. I can think about this. There's so many examples right now where we're faced with a false dichotomy, a false idea that there's only two choices. Do this or you hate those people, right? Mm-hmm. We can apply that kind of thinking to so many decisions that we're faced with in life. And to just accept those two things that we're told as being the only two things that are true about that decision is really not applying any discernment or applying any worldview to the decision making. It actually reminds me a lot about the Bible and how the Pharisees were always trying to catch Mm -hmm. Jesus, right? They would say, and you're so much better at remembering specific scripture than I am at this moment. um, I blame sleep deprivation (laughs) 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 with a newborn. No, but they would say, oh, you know, well we saw you doing this. And so is this better or is this better? And then Jesus just was like, well, actually. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Why, why are your Why are your people gathering grains on the Sabbath, right. you know? And Jesus like, well, did you not pay attention to David eating the Sabbath bread because it was good and the sustenance that they needed? Right. Or healing, healing right. on the Sabbath or, yeah, there's so many. And I love that Jesus just says, hey, you're looking at it through man's eyes. Right. You're only looking at it through one view or one perspective. You are trying to actually get the outcome you want through this question. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a loaded question. Right. right? <laughs> and Jesus is like, nope. Yeah. And so we should apply discernment, right? When we're faced with decisions in life, we need to be applying that discernment for ourselves and for our families as we lead them. Yes. And that leads into our second character, character trait, vision. 
We just did a whole episode about the impact of family vision. Yeah, the practical application of what your family vision means for your family. So if you didn't catch that, our last episode, season one, episode 12. Yes. And so we need to be using what we believe to shape our family vision. Yeah, we cannot have this grandiose idea that we wrote this awesome family vision down on paper. Yeah. And it's just great if we have not built it on our core beliefs. Right. If we've not built it on the Bible and on the gospel and on who God is and God's sovereignty and our role as man to build his, to, to evangelize the nations. Right. Right. So that has to be at the core of our family vision. And because we talked about last episode, um, that every decision you make, you come back to your family vision, right? Right. And so if your family vision isn't built upon, you know, your core beliefs or your biblical worldview or your, you know, biblical foundation, then you're, you're not going to stick with it. Right. It's not going to be for you. Yeah. Then it's, then you're, you're double-minded, right? You're, you're serving your family vision and you're serving God and you're trying to figure out how to bring those two things together. Right. Where you need to God is immovable, right? Right. God, God is is perfect and, and holy and just, and, and you cannot move God. You need to bring your family vision into alignment with God. Yes, definitely. All right, the next character um, trait that we think is really developed during this um, conviction is conviction. Conviction <laughs> itself, right? I listened to this great message, and I'm trying to remember... I think it was Dr. Steve Lawson Mm. and he was talking about our conscience and he was talking about, Oh yeah, he was preaching out of Genesis, but he was just talking about the development of our conscience that the more we walk with the Lord, the more that we're in his word, the more Mm -hmm. that we're in alignment with God, the more that the Holy spirit guides and sharpens our conscience. Yes. So we're given a conscience by the goodness of God, by his grace, right? To know in our hearts right from wrong. But because of sin, it's all jumbled up sometimes and we get confused. But the closer we're walking with the Lord, the more that we know that our conscience is in alignment with him. And so then in the areas where the Bible doesn't expressly say, do this job, don't do that job, buy this thing, don't buy that thing, right? The Bible doesn't give us those minute details of life and instruction, right? Make this decision, not that decision. Some things the Bible is very clear on. Yeah. We need to be sure not to muddy the waters on the things clear on. Don't murder, right? That's not (laughs) a question. Check. Right? But... In the other areas, areas where people would tend to say it's a gray area, I would say let's be sure that we're walking closely with the Lord so that our conscience and our conviction aligns with his law. Yeah. So that it aligns as closely as we can with the Lord because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us because we're walking close to him then our conscience and our conviction will be sharpened and we can act surely saying, 
my conscience will not allow me to do this. Right. Or my conviction is that I must do whatever that thing is with confidence because we're walking close to the Lord. Yes. The confidence of our conviction comes with practice and Mm -hmm. with getting to know the one who gives us the conviction. Right. Right? Yeah. So we can't... I think we, we it gets misused sometimes um, to say, oh, this is my conviction, and it's kind of off base. Right. But the, and, and the only way that we know if it's off base or not is by walking close to the Lord and walking close with other believers yeah. to gently correct and steer and help to disciple us and sharpen each other. I think the interesting thing, too, with conviction is it gives you confidence to um, make your conviction and to stand in your conviction, especially when you face persecution, right? And then it also um, reminds me that if you have a conviction and you share that conviction with a brother or sister in Christ, just gently, just like, well, this is our conviction, if you are received with pushback, you know, like, um, I'm just going to use an example and... I, I'm sure we'll get pushed back. So here we go. This is me modeling what I'm saying. But our conviction right now is that we do not feel like Disney, specifically Disney movies, um, or even vacationing to see any Disney world or land is what isn't in alignment with what we believe. Right. Yeah. It doesn't match our convictions about what we need to be teaching our kids. Right. And so when we say that and we get pushed back, I listen very carefully to the pushback. And the things that I listen for are, do you have a biblical base or a verse or scripture for why you believe my conviction is not something that I should be doing for my family? Right. And if all I hear is, Like, oh, you're killing the imagination or the dreams or the magic or everybody's doing it. Why are you not doing it? Or I watched it as a kid and I'm fine. You know, like if if that is what I hear, then I take those voices as I I just let them kind of be like a duck and water right off my back. Yeah, because none of them are a biblical exhortation that you are in error. And so, but if I have a conviction that, I hear from a brother or sister in Christ with scriptural evidence, with a biblical basis, like Darren just said, I'm going to take that back to scripture. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take that back to my husband and I'm going to take that to prayer to the Lord. And I'm going to say, am I missing something, Lord? Yeah. And not out of pride, but, but there is a lot of, sadly in the church today, what seems like scriptural exhortation to act a different way or to do a different thing, but it's really just a poor hermeneutic or a poor exegesis of a passage. And so not to say that by any means that we have every passage right, because I guarantee you we do not. Right. (laughs) But to carefully go back and say, wow, this person felt like to apply this scripture to my life, I needed to be changing my action here. And then Study the scripture, go to your elders, go to the people who are trusted uh, expositors of the word and and seek to understand the proper interpretation and hermeneutic, hermeneutic of that text. Right. And then the application to the life of the believer today and then the personal application to your life. 
and really humbly yeah. submit yourself to the word in that way. And let me be honest with you, sometimes at the end of that process, really humbly, you have to change what you're doing. Exactly. And sometimes it turns out that it your conviction and your conscience is, is, is what is left at the end of right. that to make your determination and you continue with the same decision you had yeah. made before. Because remember, like we talked about with, you know, discernment, it doesn't mean there's a this way or that way either. Right. Right. Sometimes there is a third way. Right. Yeah. It's 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 not that false idea that there's only two choices. Sometimes there really is only two choices. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes there it really is that it's not as black and white as it's presented to you as. Let's just bring the Disney thing back. Yeah. You know, watch Disney, don't watch Disney. Well, actually, what if the third thing is, and I say this a lot, and this is a personal conviction, I want my kids to enjoy movies from time to time. But if I'm faced with a movie, I'm just going to pick a different one because it just aligns better with what I believe. I'm not saying we will never watch movies, you know what I mean? And so sometimes it's just simple as just saying, hey, what's the best choice? Because there's many choices. Yeah, exactly. So those are some really good character traits that we want to just encourage you guys to be developing. Develop discernment, align your vision with a biblical foundation, and build your conviction and your conscience close to the Lord to stand firm in it. So what are the challenges? Because there's always challenges. Always a challenge. (laughs) Here's, I think, the biggest one, and it ties right into the convictions that we were talking about. It's one thing to profess a belief but it's another thing to carry that belief through to its logical and complete conclusions. And I don't want to just keep using this example, but Disney might be the good example of this. Right. It's it's one thing to say, I want to raise my children up to trust in the Lord with a biblical worldview. But it's another thing to carry that belief through and make unpopular decisions with the way that you parent your kids in order to carry that belief through to a logical and complete conclusion in your life. Okay, and so that is where the really hard work of using the Word of God as a mirror to look and reflect on your own life yeah, and, and honestly say, what are the things that are normalized in my culture or that are normalized in my life that I need to reflect on, is that a good decision? And I love the mirror analogy because you are responsible for the person in the mirror. You know, uh, you are responsible for your children. It's your jurisdiction, right? And so you have to look in the mirror and at your reflection of your life and your family's life, and you have to have confidence of conviction in that. Yeah, we have a a friend, a good friend who's an elder that says the word of God is a window to look at the world and a mirror to look at our lives. And we get in the habit sometimes of only using the word of God as a window to look at other situations and go like, well, that looks really terrible. Oh, at least I'm not doing that. Wow, they're making bad choices. But... It is hardest to use the word of God as a mirror to look at our own lives before a holy God and say, wow, 
are my decisions really truly aligning with what I profess to be true? It is. It's hard and it is so good because that is where the humble, real change occurs. Yeah. That is the process of sanctification. Yes. And do we have it perfect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What's our last challenge? The last challenge is that the devil, the devil himself is constantly trying to make sin not seem like a big deal. If we go along with whatever we are told, the lies of the devil, the lies of the world, then suddenly we start to buy into those lies. And like we've mentioned before, it can be a slow fade. Yep. And similar to the Garden of Eden, it's going to sound like it has some truth in it. Yeah, what does it say? It says Eve looks at the fruit and it was good for eating. It was good to eat, right? Yeah. It looks appealing. Right. The devil twisted the words of God to say, did God really say, right? Right. So he's casting doubt and something appears good. So it's not always so clear what is sin or what could lead us astray from the Lord. I wrote a blog post uh, early on on raisedandrices.com about discernment, and um, I call it the discernment brownies. (laughs) And it's a brownie recipe, and you can make it for your kids if you want. And uh, the question, though, comes to your kids in this way. What if I only had, like, a cup of poop in it? Yeah. Or what if I, like, had a cup, or I mean, a teaspoon of poop in it? Would you eat these brownies? You know what I mean? Like, they can look like the most delicious brownies. It's, like, mostly good. It's just a little evil in it. Right. It's okay. Yeah. Well, there's just that one scene where the people are doing that evil, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just just a little bit. And this isn't to say that that we will never be exposed to evil. Oh, no. But I think this is to say that as we're making decisions, do we have a decision for what is moderate or between moderate and good? Yeah. Is there is there a good option? Is there a better option? Is there a biblical option? Because those are the directions that we should be taking. Right. And so just that's all to say, you know, if Eve was handed a moldy apple, I'm sure she's going to be like, no, thanks. Right. You know, doesn't look good. I can tell the difference. But it's those ones that are needing of discernment and of prayer and of conviction that are the harder ones. Yeah. So in conclusion, our prayer for you is that you guys would recognize the all-encompassing nature of your core beliefs, that you would align your lives with a biblical worldview and that you would use the word of God as a mirror and that you would apply the biblical discernment to the decisions that are placed in front of you. So as always, we hope that you're encouraged and please ask us questions, follow along on our social media, like and share this podcast with anybody you think it may be helpful to. That really helps us just to have the opportunity to share and encourage with more people. You can follow Marissa 
at at Raising Rices, and I am at Lead Your Family. We're always happy to message with you. If you have specific questions or anything like that that came up during this episode, we would love to answer them, and God bless. 